Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. So at the end of the last episode, Stuart, we teased that we were going to talk a little bit about some of your exciting remortgage efforts. So do you want to, to kick off with the, uh, well, excitement? Yeah, I mean, what teases we are. I mean, what what a cliffhanger. You know, what happened with the remortgages? <laughs> well, yes, I think we mentioned that I had three three remortgages. They're not all straightforward, actually. One one was, was a straightforward remortgage, which... Um, so they were all paused because of the C word. So let, let's not go into that again. Um, but they all came back online once um, once once the banks had sorted out those people that wanted um, mortgage holidays and uh, and everything else. So one one just came back and, and we've just got the funds back for that. So that's quite nice. And we got pretty much the valuation we were looking for. And that is because the, the property is fully rented. That always helps um, for for the revaluation. And yeah, so that that money was going to go to a an investor, and and hopefully he's not listening because that money is no longer going to go to that investor. We're going to use that for for a refurb. I'm joking, of course, because uh, he, he'll be highly cognizant of it. I will have this conversation with him, and uh, we'll work it through. So that's going to go on to a refurb in another uh, property that we spoke about on the previous episode, where I'm refurbishing that to a very high degree for uh, young professionals. The second one has been taking a considerable amount of time because it was the property where we've got two two properties on one freehold. And yeah, you were doing a title split on this, yeah? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. so we're doing a title split. And, uh, you know, first thing I've got to say about that is, God, how many solicitors do you have to pay for one one process? It's, it's phenomenal. So obviously I have solicitors that are working on the title split itself. I then have to pay for the solicitors of the bank who – who need to be paid for for reasons that are, are, are still obscure to me, and also the bank themselves hadn't instructed the the uh, solicitors for months. So I've been chasing for months and months, um, and then as soon as that's happened, I then have to pay my new mortgage provider. So as soon as it's split, I'm then remortgaging it to a new mortgage provider. Have to pay ERCs and then pay for the new mortgage provider Kent Reliance their solicitors so um it's certainly not for those faint of heart or for those that um don't like giving money to solicitors so so if this is proving so expensive why why mm. are you doing it options so when it all comes out in the wash we will still have you know around sort of 15ish k and and trust me I've had a few uh navel gazing moments where i thought about is there really a point to this because it's a lot it's it's a lot of effort to go through for for 15k to be honest and speaking quite frankly the the money that we're getting out of it probably will, will just about match well in fact it, it probably doesn't match the amount we'll have spent in ERCs and solicitor fees so so your question is a is a highly logical common sense question so, so let me let me just check there you're freeing up 15,000 but that's <laughs> That's before the expenses you're spending in the process. I suddenly feel like I'm speaking to my dad. And having to, <laughs> but I deserve it because I know Sorry. I did this to you last week. So, yeah, I totally deserve it. <laughs> 
Why? So why am I doing it? The reason I'm doing it is is options. So at the moment, it's a 13 bed property, two bed, two properties on one freehold, and there's 13. It, it's actually classed as a 13 bed, and as you can imagine, there are only a set number of providers that are ever going to give you money on a 13 bed property. It's a very, it's it's a really niche property to have to to mortgage. So that's n- number one is that we'll get options. Number two, as, as soon as we've split it, it's then a seven bed and a six bed. So that opens the market a little bit more. So I can now go to Kent Reliance and actually just increase the loan to value that I can get on the property. So as a 13 bed maximum was 70. Now I can go 80 to 85, probably 85. That's quite a big difference, actually. It, it is a big difference. Like I say, it's not going to generate much income at this stage. But then the third and final piece, which is probably the piece that I'm really working towards, is that I will sell one of them. So I'll, I'll, I'll look to selling one of those properties for for to, for sort of refunding my uh, investor, and also just um, you know essentially making sure the portfolio is working. So it goes back to the goals that we were speaking last week about how we're operating. The strangely enough, the seven bed always gets six people in it, and this <laughs> is currently a student property, whereas the the six beds typically will get four or five. So. What I want to do is also use some of the funds to to upgrade the properties. I mean, they're really nice properties. We've actually got we're actually looking at potentially doing cinema rooms in them as well. So I'm thinking about changing the the setup for one of those as well. So 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 there you go. That's the rationale for for why we're doing it. And um, yeah, hopefully, will give us just more options as as we move into it. It's it's a it is a lot of pain in this term because every time I see a solicitor email, did you know you have to well. Some solicitors, you pay them just to receive your emails. Did you, you, you ever seen that on an invoice before? <laughs> no, <laughs> not not breaking, not not yeah, not broken down to that level. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I'm, I'm but... sure I have been charged for that in the past, <laughs> but just just not noted as such. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I've now seen the, some of these invoices. So, um, yeah, so like I say, it's it's a lot of pain in the short term, but I think well, once this is all out and in the wash, and um, you know, the, uh, currently we do have. Uh, 10 of those 13 rooms booked from september so you know i'm hoping that you know the cash flow coming in will will just start to cover off some of that those, those occupancy rates are lower than i would have expected though do you think that's just because students don't find housing in big enough groups or two of the bedrooms are, are terrible or <laughs> why why is occupancy consistently a bit low in those well it's um and again, it's, it's it's a good comment because it's absolutely true. So one of the rooms is really small and it's on the ground floor, so mm-hmm. it's not as appealing. What I've what I've tried to do in other properties, wherever we've got a room where I think that's the room that won't go, I kind of try and make that the best room. So in one of my properties, that's always that's a hundred percent occupied. He touches wood again. <laughs> we have a really tiny room, but what we did was we made the other rooms en suite. And we made the bathroom available only for that room. So when you get the keys to this room, you get the keys to your own bedroom and the bathroom. So you get your own bathroom suite. And that made that room much more appealing. In another property I'm working on now, the smallest room, we're actually giving its own toilet and washroom, even though it will still be the, one of the smallest rooms in the house. So the, the plan will be, and again, once we've we've refinanced this, is that we we change some of that. So it could be, like, like I mentioned on the other one, Maybe we take a room out and, you know, just make it much more appealing. Um, 
second part of your question so why is that yeah number one is that there is a room that isn't the greatest because it because it is the smallest and it's on the ground floor which again if you're in a student property isn't great because you've always got people milling around in the kitchen and uh, and whatnot yeah. but the, the second point is is a much more um i want to say macro economic factor but that's probably far too posh a word it's, it's more about the fact that students aren't looking for big looking in big groups anymore which kind of alludes to your, your other point Mm. they're um, much much smaller groups in fact they're more likely to want to go you know one twos or threes mm. which which we think is probably anecdotally down to the whole purpose-built student accommodation movement you know most university nows now so you so they they're used to living in studios with shower rooms so so they basically they've become accustomed to a very high standard of living typically the bigger uh, properties where you're going in five, six, seven of you are going to be the the the, the older houses that, that aren't quite as as good as what they've just come from. With properties that are um, as big as that, could you actually split them? Could you split them into a few studio flats or, or sort of perhaps apartments within the, the the bigger building? You should definitely come and work for my business, Simon, because this is exactly what we've. Uh, we're thinking about <laughs> not that you'd ever want to work as a as a partner obviously well, if, and, if you're already thinking about it though I, I might be a bit late to the party really <laughs> <laughs> good yeah good good shout we well we've looked at i've looked at potentially splitting them into three apartments but what i want to do because we we actually had one of them you could actually make an eight bed but the 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 what could have been the eighth bed a we, we wouldn't legally be allowed to use it as as a room so clearly we wouldn't but depending on the students because we're in the um we're actually a, literally a stone's throw from the art college it, it's been we've turned it it's turned into um essentially an art room so students just go in there put their easels in there and just use that for painting and put their paintings like so so we've made use of it so the first thing we want to do is just reconfigure a little bit and like i say we, we've i've l- already looked at cinema seating so the, the two properties are very similar and in fact there is one room that already in there that's got a gym so um you know multi-purpose gym which i had reservations about if i'm honest leaving in there because of students potential alcohol and other things however it, it, it seems to have gone down quite well um hopefully but, you did a, a full risk assessment on uh, <laughs> on the presence of the gym equipment <laughs> yeah yeah no, i'm just gonna say yes yes did um, <laughs> um but that you know they've they've treated it quite well and it's um yeah so that works so it's, it's probably going to be before we go down the route of reconfiguring i'm just going to add a couple more um yeah and a couple more sort of usps to the property which like i say will be a cinema room and then um, you know downstairs just making it all flow a little bit better and then i think we, we may well get those people coming from pbsa purpose-built student accommodation and, and liking what what's on offer as as part of a bigger group yeah, so uh, uh, gradual steps perhaps towards the 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 more individual living yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, sorry the other thing that's uh, you know slow that down is because if, if we do look at multiple apartments i then have to look at planning again and uh potentially if, if we're going to set them up as apartments and yeah g- given the cost we've just incurred to to split this when it finally does it yeah i kind of want to maybe just spend a little less on solicitors uh architects and, and planning and, and, yeah. and maybe just more on the benefit for the tenants themselves 
yeah you're, the, the 15k that you've already spent on solicitors doesn't leave much spare to to reinvest in reconfiguring <laughs> yeah i mean just just to be clear it's probably it's probably not 15k on solicitors it's it's more more closer probably to around five on solicitors but we're probably going to spend close to 15 on ercs it, it, yeah so it's, it's going to be the best mm. part of 20 grand actually just just for this process to have happened so mm. um yeah not for the faint heart faint of heart so moving on to uh, uh, your next remortgage you're you, you've been looking at trying to get yourself off a bridge um for your your flip project yeah uh, how's that going the last time we spoke your uh, your chosen mortgage broker was was less than happy with you <laughs> okay yeah so the, so the first thing that will happen was um the the original product got retracted then we got the second one they didn't like the fact that we'd um that we'd been in receipt of a, a bounce back loan because that raised questions of uh, long-term affordability so we're now back in at the coalface and just filling the forms and yeah obviously put all of that information in front of the broker and the bank to say look we've had a bounce back like you know so and, and these are the things we've done so we, we're hopeful of getting it we've um so this is the property where we've turned it from a one bed into a two stroke three bed um, we've just had a valuation on it actually via from an estate agent so we were gunning for a target price of well around 350 they, they said we could push 375 but i think that was the uh the glass half full optimism of the estate agent but we kind of agreed that you know when, when we put it on the market we'll go for around 350 because that's kind of what we want and i'd rather price it to sell mm-hmm. so that's really good news mm, uh, and even if we get slightly less than that yeah i mean we bought it for you know uh well i'll, I'll share the figures once once we're all done and dusted because yep. i think uh, yeah i don't like to jinx these things <laughs> that's fair but it, it, essentially the the estate agent's valuation it, he, he, to be fair to him, you know, his true valuation was very close to ours. So we were very happy with that. Uh, it just means that um, uh, when we, you know, when, when we're following this through, we've got confidence, you know, particularly with the remortgage that uh, that we'll get what we want. Uh, and yeah, just to reiterate, so we've got, we're on quite a good bridge actually with Interbay. It's, um, it's pretty good for a bridge. I think it's gone down to, well, it was around 0.64. I can't remember the exact figure. I think it's slightly lower than that. I think it is 0.5 something now, which for a bridge is 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 pretty good. Obviously, you know, six percent per annum for for any other buy to let, you'd you'd be uh, you know in squeaky bum time. But um, for a bridge, it's okay. But we obviously don't want to stay on it forever. Um, so we're just in the process now of actually getting it rented and then getting that uh, hopefully getting that mortgage. Yeah, once you've uh, once you've remortgaged and got it rented then it just gives you a breathing space doesn't it so you can uh, you, you can yeah uh, yeah take your time a bit more but it even on the the bridge presumably there would still be rental profit in in that property if you if you had to stay on the the bridge oh yeah absolutely yeah there is i mean i haven't done the the testing on it but um it, you know the rent sorry the 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 bridge cost the monthly cost would be fifty percent or less of the of the rent. Yeah, so that that could um, that could certainly yeah. work. Maybe maybe not as as well yeah. as you might like, but it could work. So. The thing is, Simon, it has to. You know, in these situations, it has to because if you didn't get remortgage, we, we're not going to leave it empty. So, yeah, you know, e- even if the 
you know the the, the bridge was ninety percent of the rent, it, it would work for us because yeah, we want someone in there because because it also helps to have someone living in there when you're trying to sell it. Although we've dressed it really nicely, we've taken a lot of photos, which I'll I'll share with you. Oh, excellent. Um, afterwards but it, it'd be like looking yeah at it's, look, it's looking really really well good property <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's down to my business partner as opposed to me on this one um but you know it, it, it i think the flat itself was about 860 square foot and it was a one bed so essentially the the bedroom was huge and the living area was huge so what we've done is we've we've essentially turned the what was the kitchen into a bedroom and then we've turned most of the living, what was the living area into a, a master bedroom with a, with a sliding door into a, a huge dressing area stroke study stroke, potentially third bedroom, giving it a second, giving it a second shower room. And then you've got a kitchen diner. So it's, um, you know, now I've just utilized the space and, uh, you know, that leads us on nicely to what something we touched on before. So what we had to do last week was, um, we had to drive to Ikea, which, I wasn't keen on doing because I'd heard about these mile long queues in Ikea. And I said to my partner, if there's a mile long queue, I said, you can trust me. I'll be driving around that roundabout and back out again. Yeah. Of, of the, there's, I, I can't imagine queuing just to get into the torture that is Ikea. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, la- last week it was, it was unbelievable. And we went, I think we went pretty much around opening time inadvertently hadn't planned it, but uh, I picked uh, picked my partner up from the station. We drove to Ikea and it was, it was the car park was, it was empty, pretty much empty. We parked outside the front door, which is something that's never happened before. It was a revelation just to park outside the front, walked in, walked around with a trolley, got everything we needed, walked out again without, uh, and of course still had a hot dog, even though the condiment section is closed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they were serving serving hot food but you can couldn't put any sauce on it no they gave you gave you sachets and said yeah it's uh but uh yeah so anyone thinking about ikea you know you early in the day although i'm, I'm sure it's changed because the, the the sort of little addendum to that is my partner is also doing uh my business partner on this one is also doing a similar thing down in margate and he had to go down to margate uh this week and sent me a photo of him in about a mile and a half long queue. So, so uh, yeah, it's uh, not all sunshine and rainbows at IKEA. No, obviously depends a lot on on timing and uh, and perhaps location as well. Fair. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, indeed. I've uh, I'm not 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 a fan of walking around IKEA. It's uh, something that uh, I've quite happily paid the extra delivery charges to uh, to avoid doing. <laughs> Yeah, and, and no one can blame me for that. And uh, my question is, why do you always come out with bamboo? That's the question in IKEA. No matter what you're going for, you always come out with a stick of bamboo. I, I don't think I've ever come out with a stick of bamboo. I, I think that must be just just you, Stuart. <laughs> um, I do normally come out with some random be. kitchen utensil that I had no intention of uh, of purchasing. But um, or, or in fact, on some occasions, even you existed. But um, but yeah, not not bamboo. <laughs> that's that's different. Uh, well, I'd like I'd like some support from this. So if there is anyone that's still listening, and you know, when we're talking about Arkea, you you, fir- you know, we totally understand if you've switched off by now. But if you are still listening and you have bought bamboo in Arkea, please do drop us a message, tweet us, and just support the course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, how about I, I'll extend the request uh, to uh, wh- whatever random things you've come out of Arkea with when without any intention of purchasing when you went in. I'd, I'd be uh, intrigued to know. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be good to see what comes back. <laughs> um, I, actually, we we could just do a questionnaire. We put it out on you know LinkedIn, one of the platforms. You know, questionnaire. What what do you mostly come out with? And uh, I, I think Bamboo's going to win. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, well, we'll see if we can run that that questionnaire and uh, and report back in a a future episode. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> getting back to property briefly <laughs> um, with your. Um, uh, with, with this this flat, um, it's in Croydon, uh, and you're you're mm. now planning to uh, put it out for rent, which you you weren't previously planning to do. Have you checked the the Croydon licensing requirements for for rentals? No, you mentioned that before, didn't you? I think <laughs> uh, you said it costs seven hundred pounds. I still have I haven't looked at it yet. Obviously, I will prior to renting it. Of course, <laughs> I think there's a there's a selective licensing scheme in place at the moment, which covers, I think, all rentals um, in in Croydon. And the current scheme is coming to an end in September, uh, but they've they've currently got well, they they have had sorry a consultation on a new scheme, and that has been approved. And is currently, or sorry, approved within Croydon Council, but is now awaiting uh, national approval right. before it can actually go into place. But I assume they're intending for that to go into place mm. pretty much straight after the other one finishes. Yeah. But uh, as I understand it, at the moment, the the license you buy now will expire at the end of the current scheme, which is well, pretty much weeks away. So I'm. I'm a little unsure how how the costing for that will work or or can be be justified. Yeah. I think they have reduced the the fee for this last sort of little bit, but uh, but still, I think it's still hundreds of pounds. So. Well, yeah, the website still says seven hundred and fifty pounds. So yeah, you have to dig a bit. There's a a PDF somewhere which defines the 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 newer um, charge information. Yeah, I, I should should get a little plug in. The, the reason I I know some of this is because I've been uh, building new data collection and exposure uh, information for licensing schemes into Patma. So soon, maybe maybe not when this this episode airs, but soon you will be able to go to Patma Property Prospector, and uh, when you look up a an area or a particular property in an area, it will tell you what licensing requirements are for for that area. Very good. It's it's uh, yeah. The the storage and and collection of data is pretty much there, but uh, there's over three hundred councils throughout the the UK. So actually collecting that data and then uh, checking that it's in a sensible format and, and readable and meaningful. Uh, takes a bit of time, so, so yeah, it'll it'll be be there when it's ready. Yeah, well, that that, that genuinely will be useful because until you'd mentioned it, I, I'd be honest, I haven't I hadn't even considered it. So to have that um, to have that available would be very good. And you can uh, you can post me my my twenty pound note <laughs> after the after this podcast. Uh, I will, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um. We are getting close to time. Was there anything else you, you'd like to uh, bring into this episode? No, I think I've shared enough IKEA hot dogs and um, solicitors is, is, is 
just on ikea actually one saving grace they sell um frozen veggie balls so they're they're like meatballs but without the meat (laughs) and um makes sense uh, and they're really nice i really like those and and of course they're they're frozen so keep forever and you just get get a few out when when you need them and uh, well who knew frozen vegetables indeed i I recommend giving those a go next time you're uh, (laughs) stuck in ikea although um obviously you need to make sure that you you haven't got a long queue ahead of you for the checkouts or something because they'll uh, they'll defrost yeah (laughs) well you can get them at the end you can get them at the end so there you go there's your tip you get them at the end once once you've gone yeah indeed that they are past that the food section at least in croydon anyway yeah it's past the sort of main checkouts isn't it yes and it's got its own separate checkout bit yeah well i think we've plugged ikea enough i think they've done enough from us (laughs) <laughs> yeah well uh well i'll ask them for their 20 pound notes <laughs> i'm not sure we'll be successful <laughs> me either so um i think uh i think we'd better leave it there so uh if you've been uh, been enjoying uh listen to Stuart and i chat about ikea and uh and little bits of property here and there please do leave us a, a rating and review we very much uh, appreciate hearing from anybody and show notes can be found at thebusinessofproperty.com. We will talk to you again next week.